What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow, and if you are joining me for the first time, welcome to the Set Apart fam. I hope you love it. I hope you enjoy this interview. I think today's interview is so powerful, and I have the joy and honor of interviewing people you may have heard of and you may not yet have heard of who are truly following the Lord and expressing their love for Him in so many unique ways and in so many different gifts and in different spheres of influence. So regardless of where you're called to, my hope and prayer is that you're encouraged by this free content. And if you find value in it, go subscribe and leave a written review. For those who leave a written review this week, I am going to do a giveaway and I'm going to draw a name for those who do leave a written review and send a free book called Breakthrough of our guest today um, to you in a week. And I'll announce the winner on Instagram. So go check me out, follow, and I will announce it in a week. This man is an author, journalist, TV host for CBN, a podcast host called Exploring the Prophetic, which I love, a YouTube channel show called Your Prophetic Journey. He's on the TBN channel now. He's a founder of Expressions 58 in LA. He's living on an urban farm in LA, but most importantly, he's the husband to Cherie and cute, two cute Chick-fil-A nuggets, Harper and Hartley and their dog Jarvis, and they got a new puppy. But all this to say, I'm a little winded after that, but I think that's the wind of God, you know what I'm saying? Because this man is following God, and I'm excited for you to hear how and in the unique way. So without further ado, let's hop into the interview. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for joining me, and may you have an amazing week knowing that you are set apart with God. What's up, what's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Set Apart. I know that that was a fancy intro, but let me tell you, nobody is safe up on this podcast today. Your social security number ain't safe, your phone number ain't safe, the name of your family members ain't safe, your street address ain't safe, because we got Sean Bowles on here, and you never know what's going to happen when he's in the room. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to, I just had to. I know you probably get that all the time, but we probably get to see a different side of you today and i'm so grateful you are here with us today what's up sean i'm just so happy to be here with you i'm so glad you're doing this podcast (laughs) thank you me too it has been so much fun i love getting to catch the golden people and really learn how to pull that out so that we can just all be encouraged so i'm pumped because for those of you tuning in i have to say i haven't told sean this yet but Three years ago, you gave me a word. Um, so when you came to Upper Room and you gave, do you remember this? Um, you gave like nine words in a row and it was like, miss, miss, miss. And you were like, um, do you remember this? And you were like, oh yeah, I wrote it in a book. I didn't yes. know you were part of the book, but I wrote it in a book. I was like, yeah. I, I was off of one of my biggest wins in ministry and like excited about life and was going to model the Upper Room because my friend Sean Foyt told me, you got to come here. And I had all these words I was modeling. I was saying, hey, guys, I'm going to try this out. And nothing worked except for a word for you. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Well, this is what's crazy. So you gave me a word. You were like, you have characters living in your head. And um, you were like, you're going to have this mass publishing anointing that's paid for. And you were like saying this stuff. And um, and I was like, cool. And the first thing the Holy Spirit ever spoke to me. So as simple as the word was, like the first time I heard his voice was that I would be writing a book. And then I would be a speaker one day. So when you first hear the Holy Spirit internally that loud, it's like pretty profound, you know? So I found myself illustrating children's books this year. And I was like, oh my goodness, literally, I have a publishing anointing that's paid for right now because I'm illustrating children's books. And I did not think that that's what the word meant at the time. (laughs) 
That's amazing. I love that for you. That's so cool. Well, that's the first part of the word. You never yes. know what it's going to turn into. That's true. And the second part is happening. So I'm excited. People have to stay tuned for that. But <laughs> I wanted to dive in and ask you. Um, well, we wanted, I wanted to see, there's probably a lot stirring. You have so many different gifts. Like, and I think that you're a really great picture of how God gives you gifts and you steward them well. So they grow really quickly. <laughs> you're like multifaceted in your talents. And many people know you as a prophet and it's amazing and it's so encouraging to know that that is possible for any of us. But you also have, um, you're an author, you're a TV host on CBN now. You have a podcast, which is amazing. I love listening to your podcast. It's so interesting. Thank you too. so much. Yeah. You have a YouTube channel called Your Prophetic Journey. You're on the TBN channel, founder of <laughs> Um, are you listening to much. yourself? I know, but listen, it's a, it's real. It's like to you, you're like, this is your life. But And one of my favorite things that I've discovered on Instagram is the urban farm that, you're right, that your wife um, yeah. posts about Cherie. And so yeah. I think that is so legit. Will you tell us a little bit about the urban farm that you live on? <laughs> we live on one acres in uh, Studio City, California, which is really special because there's just no other farms here there's no farm in studio six of ours and it's where all the studios are it's right down the street from universal studio and we got this property and it was zoned a little bit rural but you could do it anyways um you could do what we're doing anyways because we just have a bunch of raised bed gardens i think we're up to 10 but we'll be up to 20 something next year wow. or this year sorry and then we have chickens and we have two dogs and a cat and we have all kinds of, and she just has replanted the entire property. We had some beautiful palm trees to start with and, and ficus hedges, but everything else had to be replanted. And so um, my wife really believes in sustainability and we've learned the journey of farming and regenerative farming. And so we have a long-term vision. We really want to see, you know, there's only 70% of the earth's soil is ruined. So there's only 30% left. And wow. each one of us doing something to better our bodies, like from farm to table, whether it's like living in an apartment and if you have, you know, four by four space on a balcony, you can plant a garden. And it just changes so much in your life, everything from stress to spiritual meditation with Jesus to actual health because of the food that you get out of it. Also, the beauty that you get to look at, if you, especially we do a lot of flowers uh, alongside of our raised beds. And so my wife is a genius. She's so awesome. And she's being an influencer in that that space, uh, both in the kind of the, the big world market, but also trying to uh, help Christians understand that this is part of stewardship. This is part of what makes you grow as a human being is to grow yeah. things. So it's, it's awesome. I love watching it. That's so cool. I think it's such a unique, uh, it's, a, it's something unique to watch. And I do believe that you and your wife has such a beautiful influence that I think people will learn more about this and they'll actually start implementing it because you guys are showcasing it and teaching us more about it. I think like, I didn't even know that 70% of our soil was ruined. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah 70%. That's crazy. Oh, it's great. Like we, part of revival and part of seeing God move in the future will be people who take care of the earth and not just like environmentalism, but actually like it's a, it's an awesome process when you start growing things. And if you learn about regenerative farming, which you don't have time to go into, but you watch The Biggest Little Farm, which is a great documentary about it by this Christian couple. It's not a Christian documentary at all. But um, they just show like what happens when you 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 know sow into the land the way it's supposed to be and how all the ec ecosystem that's been dead comes back alive. Every living creature comes back. Things that you thought were gone forever come back. 
It's so cool. So we're having Whoa. fun just with our little part. And we, we would love to have a ranch or a farm one day here in L.A. as a statement piece to say, you know, we need to do this. I love that statement piece. Most people are like, I would love a $5 million bracelet as a statement piece. You're like, we want a farm. <laughs> we want to show off God's goodness and how yeah. all of us can, you know, grow in this. It just it grows you as a person for sure. Like we, I feel like our character and our life grows just by our garden. That our is farm. so cool. I love that. I wasn't expecting that on this podcast and I love it. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Okay, so I have a question for you. It's kind of, well, I think it's lighthearted and fun, but it's also kind of intense. But is there something that you've dreamed of your whole life that you haven't done yet? Yes, there's, there's a couple of things. It's funny because for me, I am known by my friendship circle as someone who's pursued a lot of my dreams and seen them manifest. Like moving to LA to start a ministry, to going into the video game industry and working there for 15 years doing TV shows that are, you know, like I, I hosted a secular show for a while, but hosting these two Christian television shows, hosting a podcast, like I dream of things, you know, sometimes it's 10 years in advance, sometimes it's five years in advance. And sometimes it's my whole life. There's certain things I've still dreamed of being an author and, you know, being a well-known author, like an author that's actually influencing the way people view God yeah. and view their lives. And so a lot of that's happened already, which is beautiful. And when I say that, like, there's so much more that can happen. So I don't, have any ego in it at all. I'm just glad that partnering with faith and God that you get to accomplish dreams. I mean, he, he prepared us before time for good works, but one of the things I would love to do, sorry to be preachy, but one of the things no, I would love to do good. is um, I would love to write into the young adult fiction and actually potentially even turn it into a series or movies. And I have all these incredible fun ideas about how, you know, suspense and it's a little sci-fi, but kind of modern times. And I, I would say that I listen to and watch. I, I listen to or read or watch young adult fiction more than anything else in entertainment, which is really funny because I'm a six foot four, 45 year old man. But um, majority of people who write young adult fiction are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, which is really interesting. So I absolutely would love to write something that would be, I mean, like my writing heroes, like if I could in my lifetime publish and be someone who inspires the mind of young people for identity through really creative storytelling, it would be my dream. That's amazing. I think that's so cool. You know, I just heard a prophetic word from somebody <clears throat> that said this is the tipping point for people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. Am I right? <laughs> yep. I have been diving into, like, I am so hungry for prophets who who have, like, a track record of, like, yo, this ain't a joke when they speak. And those who have gone before us that aren't here any longer, that have prophesied things like Bob Jones and stuff. And I listened to that word that you gave about the tipping point for people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. And all I'm saying is, you better take it and run with it, you know? Okay, Gen Xers and Boomers, come on. If you're listening, <laughs> this is for you. Yes, it is. <laughs> come on. There you go. And honestly, I feel like it's not, I feel like prophetically, that is a very overlooked generation. I feel like millennials get a lot of prophetic words. And so when I hear words like that, I burn with excitement and celebration because I'm like, come on, we need like, you need to know that you have so much in you. And some of your dreams are only beginning to happen. Like you're not done because they're so busy. Well, so, pouring into if us. you think about like, I, I props out of this guy and he's a great guy. And he and it's seven. He was like a young musician and he helped start the Jesus people movement and the whole thing. But he ended up becoming a business guy. He didn't stay in the whole music genre because it just didn't work out for him then. And he had all these dreams and people prophesied over him and all this stuff. So I don't know any of that. And I show up and I go, hey, I feel like you're 
this musician that you thought everything that was going to happen was going to happen between 20 and 27 and it didn't take off the way you thought, but it's actually for now, but you're supposed to write the songs because now you've had a mature life. You've gone through marriage. You've gone through life. You've gone through love and break broken heartedness. And now you can write songs for the mainstream that, that would actually have the depth that aren't just the teeny bopper, you know, rising up and singing a song. that don't even, it doesn't mean anything to them at all. And he was weeping Well, he sold his first song to, um, Celine Dion this uh, last year and wow. then he sold to 14 other major mainstream people and they were like it has such a depth to it it has such a seasoning to it I'm like mm-hmm see Jesus made you for this time you're 60 whatever years old but this or 50 or I don't know 50s or 60s and I, I'm telling you by what he looks like because I don't know how old he is but uh you know but he had no idea like he had no idea that God put a mature sound in him and I uh, you're right I mean millennials are like we're they're never going to end up not getting prophesied to because of their age in this season of time. But the older generation, a lot of them feel disqualified or they feel like I'm too old or I can't start over. But I mean, Morgan Freeman started to be a freaking actor in his fifties and look at him. I mean, there's just so much yeah. time left. That's so cool. I love stories like that. They're like, they didn't start till the forties, fifties, sixties, or like they were doing something totally different and it was like plot twist. And then like they totally. became an actor. I love it. <laughs> exactly. It's cool. Okay. We call it the hashtag hijack. There you go. I love that. <laughs> That's hey God. God does that all the time. I'm like I never know what he's about to do, and then I'm like okay. Um, so I'm super passionate as well about media, arts, and entertainment, which clearly your hands are very heavily in in your life. You've just like you're all up in those mountains of influence. What do you see God doing over the next decade through these places of influence? I've I've been waiting for this my whole life because I've always loved the entertainment industry and I've always worked a little bit in it. And now you know, obviously, working all the time now. I have my show on CBN, which is a reporting show for what God's doing in the entertainment industry. And I write for CBN News, usually weekly, an article about what's going on in the entertainment industry, what God's doing. And to know what's happening, like if you told me three years ago that Kanye West was going to be a worship leader, or that Justin Bieber was going to be doing mindful, prayerful meditations with Judah Smith for Jesus on his Instagram, or that, like you can keep going, like Selena Gomez, what Selena Gomez was going to share her faith at 15 conferences, or that, you know, Demi Lovato was going to share how her Bible study she went to changed her whole world because Scooter Braun invited her Bible study and she, it's the thing that healed her of drug addiction. Like mm-hmm. I, if you told me these kinds of things three or four years ago, I would have been like, that's a lot to believe or hope for, you know? But mm-hmm. I mean, I did believe, but I didn't, I don't think I had enough faith for it. And I think if we, we need to, as a church and as Christians, wrap our heart around the fact that we have great faith that God's about to do something so big because he's the creator and he wants to use voices and creativity and people's lives to show his beauty. He, he doesn't care how broken they are. He wants yeah. to bring people in and use movies. Cause a movie, if you watch a movie, it tells you a thousand sermons when it's done well. It's like something that yeah. you, you, you could have never got from pastor Joel Olsen or Joyce Meyer, who are two of my favorites. You could have never got it from them. And no matter how long you sat under them, you couldn't have got it from them or from me. You have to see it visually played out through story. That's why you just told parables because it created receptive insight according to Matthew 13, 13. So there's music and there's songs or, or there's movies and there's video games that the power of that medium does something in our spirit to connect us and our soul to connect us or destroy us if we don't use it the correct way. And so I think God's about to harvest all these people who work in those industries because he wants to shift things. He wants yeah. to shift the internal culture of our heart. And I'm so excited. I, I don't think it's just like external evangelism. I love that. I love that Kanye West is doing crusades. I think it's like God actually reprogramming us or rewiring us for our true connectivity to him and the world around us through the creative arts. 
That's amazing. You know, I have to say, um, even Kanye, like when I watched the airplane karaoke that he did, uh-huh. I I just cried. Like I wept through it because it's the prayers we've been praying for people who've been interceding for the entertainment industry. It's like, first of all, for people who, I guess, who haven't been praying for a lot of Christians, you know, it's kind of like, uh-oh, better watch what's coming out of your mouth because it's a reflection of your heart because God is moving here. We've been praying for this and it's happening. And the fruit of his life is so real that he really has, he is really being led by the Holy Spirit and you can see by the fruit in his life. And it's incredible. And I've followed the Lord my whole life and I am so moved and encouraged and have been running forward differently because of Kanye's life already. And I, I'm a lifetime believer. Isn't that amazing? No, I, I mean, I think even like, you know, I had released Bob Jones, the prophet that you mentioned earlier, his word about, he said just, he would randomly say things. And he said, hey, one day the Chiefs are going to go to the Super Bowl and they're going to win. And when they do, it's a sign that God's going to raise up his apostolic chiefs over industries and regions and country. And it's it's going to be a sign that revival is imminent or revival is breaking forth. He said it different ways, different times. And what was interesting is in Miami, the morning of the Super Bowl where they actually won just, you know, this last Super Bowl, Kanye went and did a crusade with Rich Wilkerson Jr. And I had a friend who was there and he said at least a thousand, it was completely packed, at least a thousand, if not 3,000 people, he couldn't tell, raised their hands for salvation. So we're like, wow. you know, there's already, a, I mean, I've been with in Kanye yeah. meetings now or Kanye services like five times where I've seen minimum 7,000 people get saved out of the five times if you put it wow. all together. And so he's probably brought twenty to 30,000 people to the Lord since he's gotten saved, wow. if not way more. We, we don't know how to quantify. There's no algorithm for it yet. But it's like, I mean, that right there is a picture of what Bob Jones prophesied. So yeah. I'm so excited about the arts. I mean, you have one of the most iconic people in history mm-hmm. who is, feels like he's an evangelist. You know? <laughs> I'm like, come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm so pumped about it. I mean, my husband and I love to rap. That's actually how we met. And so to, to have somebody this creative with this level of excellence who's going to create for God, to me, I'm like, this is, I cannot wait. Like, I'm just, I can't wait to see what happens and what comes from him that was always meant to come out of him, you know? So I'm I'm celebrating him and I'm celebrating all the other people who low-key I'm interceding for because they're so amazing and influential and I can't wait for them to know the Lord in that place. Um, me too. Speaking of which, what are some areas that you think that believers could step more courageously into when it comes to media arts and entertainment? Like, is there something where you feel like this tug inside you or something that you've noticed even prophetically where you're like, man, if believers just wouldn't be afraid to step in here. Does that make sense? I, I, yeah, I, I think it's a great question. I think we're watching the lines get blurred in some ways between faith-based and non-faith-based music. Like you see Lauren Daigle, you see Kanye, you see, um, NF, you see all these different people who are like on fire Christians, but their music is relevant to everybody. Yeah. And there needs to be worship music. There needs to be devotional music. There needs to be music about the Christian faith. But then there's music that's about all of our human experience that everybody can relate to, whether they're Christian or not, like love songs, breakup songs, songs about life. You know, it's when Switchfoot wrote, you know, I dare you to believe, I dare you to imagine that, you know, YouTube's in some of that. And I believe the lines are getting blurry and blurry because God wants the church or Christians have a voice to all humanity. And there's times to have a voice about certain things that don't appeal to all humanity, that only appeal to people of faith. But I feel like God's giving people courage to make movies that aren't, you know, like like uh, Lauren Cunningham's son, who's the leader of YWAM, 
Lauren Cunningham is, his son is making a movie based on the best New York Times bestselling book series about the life of David. It's it's like a band of brothers type movie. It's going to be super R-rated, wow. but it's about David and his mighty men. Because when you read the novel series, that was a New York Times bestseller, and, and it was also very highly acclaimed by the church, or by Christianity, but people have never thought of it being a movie because it's so violent that it's going to be like on par with like 300 or, or yeah. you know, Saving Private Ryan or whatever. It has to be to show the story right. And I think I'm so impressed with them because they're going about it. They're not trying to do gratuitous violence, but they're trying to show what really happened. And you have to show the violence to show it. And so, and they have to show some of David's walking away from the Lord for real. And they have to show some of his lust for real to really get at heart to understand, especially if you're a mature man and you're watching this life, you need to be able to relate to the depth of the real story. And you have to tell that story. And I think Christians have been so safe with how we talk about breaking up or we we have albums and every single song resolves itself or we have movies and every story completely resolves itself or it's not redeemed enough. But part of the beauty of humanity that God was never afraid of in the Bible is to show how over time, like Israel had a resolution through Jesus and there's a lot of undone stages for hundreds of years. And so I feel like arts are honest if they're true art. And so we need to be honest sometimes with Christians who are struggling with mental illness or depression with, you know, I've, I've, did an article about Christian comedians or comedians who are Christians. They weren't Christian comedians for the most part on mental illness. I haven't released it yet on CBN news and they were willing to share their mental illness. Every single one I interviewed, Angela Johnson, Cami Brickell, and C. Douglas. Uh, I only got partial interview, but I'll finish hers. Um, Sinbad. They were, they were willing to share about mental illness and how they struggle with, maybe it's low grade, like anxiety and depression. Maybe it's high grade, like suicidal thoughts. And they shared their process and the arts give us a platform to be completely honest, but yeah. and not always to have like the final answer because we know God is, but the, we're human. And so I feel like it's such an amazing thing because uh, in, in sometimes being unresolved, we know, you know, Romans 8, 28, that God will, God will work all things for our good. But sometimes we're in that process of like, it's not there yet. And yeah. I think the arts have the potential to win people's hearts to the fullness of who God is in such a beautiful way. Even sometimes when it's not direct, like Francis of Assisi where he says, I preach Christ daily and sometimes I use words where we just live this life or show these beautiful pictures that build intrigue and mystery. And I love that. Yeah. I love that too. You know, uh, Michael Malden and Meredith Malden from, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So they did this amazing, I mean, he, he uncovered like how communist, uh, I don't remember the year came in to totally like infiltrate darkness into these spheres of influence that art would be dark, that they would edify the dark art, that they would make every sculpture total, totally void of any meaning because they knew the power that these things had in the in the entertainment industry, in the media, in the arts. And there's a whole long list of things that we're seeing today. Um, really, I don't want to say infecting because that's pretty intense because I believe what God's going to do through Christians is totally vibrant and beautiful. And I do believe that there will always be dark things that, you know, infiltrate these areas. But I feel so strongly like you do the excitement over the next decade. And I think too, like, when you're a Christian and you're this active um, as you are in this in these spheres of influence, what does it look like to not compromise? Like, how can you, what do you do and what advice do you have for people, whether they're in business or wherever they are? Um, what does that mean for you to not compromise? Well, I think, I think we have to learn what we're saying yes to so we know what we're saying no to. 
And I think when we start to go, okay, this is who God is. Here's morality. Here's our values. Here's our goals. Here's our actual things that we can commit to. Like for me, it's my wife, my kids, my core friendship groups, the community I'm called to, the art and the assignments that I'm on. So I know if I say yes to all kinds of other things, and this is even the moral stuff, this is just, if I, you know, this week, if I go to one of my friend's premieres, which I would love to go to, but I just can't, or if I go next week to, there's an event here about, you know, it's, it's a Silicon Valley type event. And I, I was invited to go like behind the scenes and schmooze and meet all these people in a beautiful way. It's like a $2,000 event to even go to, and I can go for free as a premier person. And if I do these things because I know what I'm saying yes to, it'll actually distract and take away from and water down the value of my yes to the things that I am committed to. Like I need more family time right now because I'm traveling a lot. So it takes two nights away from my family. Also some of the projects I'm working on. So fundamentally, like a lot of people get imbalanced because they don't define margins and then they start to compromise and it could be the little things. It could be a moral issue. It could be like you start to be with friends who are getting drunk a lot and all of a sudden and you're and you start drinking alcohol and then you cross those lines but everybody else is doing it, so it's not a big deal. And you like a version of yourself when you're drunk or when you feel alcohol more than the version of yourself that's not in social settings. Because so many people deal with anxiety, that's why alcohol works. Because yeah. it causes people to feel access to parts of themselves they're not connected to without alcohol. But you have to ask yourself, if that's a version of me that alcohol is getting me to, how do I get there without alcohol? Wow. Because I actually need to get to a place where I'm completely comfortable with myself with no anxiety that doesn't involve substance. And so I feel like a lot of people compromise because it's so easy to get places faster using systems, using relationships wrongly, using substances, using whatever. So my dad, when I was growing up, he said, Sean, I had found a pornography magazine on a trail, which a lot of boys do. If you ask your husband, he'll tell you friends who found, you find them random places, you know, when you're mm-hmm. growing up. And I went home and I told me that I was like 11 years old. I didn't know anything about this. Like I'd never even heard this. Like I was so sheltered. And I went to public school, but I just didn't know anything about it. And so I, I went and asked my dad, I was like, what is this? What's going on? And I was both excited and scared. And he's like, oh, you know, like he, just that conversation, you know, I don't want to have this conversation with you, but he <laughs> loved me. And so he said, okay. And God just came on him. He just, it was an anointed conversation. He said, Sean, I used to struggle with pornography. And he goes, when I got saved and I really gave my heart to Jesus and your mom and I had enough history, I started to realize every time I abuse pornography or I give, or I lust over another woman, I'm taking away from the connection I have to your mother. And I would feel it. I would feel like part of what we have isn't a special because I love your mom so much and I love our connection so much physically, emotionally, sexually, spiritually that when I compromise that even a little bit, I just didn't feel right. I it didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was living out of that place of passion. I felt like it was like lesser. And it was, and then I realized like the more I gave myself to pornography, like I was breaking connection with your mom for real. So he goes, I surrendered to Jesus. He took it away from me. And then I started to look at your mom. Every time I'd see an attractive woman, I would think, but I have Stacia. That's my mom's name. I have Stacia and I just love her so much. That's not even worth looking at. Because when you love someone or something so much, holiness is when you actually want to protect the connection so much that you easily say no to everything else. So when there's, there's always going to be other options, but when you love what you're giving yourself to, it's easy to say no to the other options. He goes, but the problem is people don't fall in love and stay connected to something. And so they don't know how to be holy. They don't know how to say no for God. Holiness is of course, sinlessness because he chose to be completely connected to us. 
and he, he knows how to say no to anything that's wrong because he's all good. But for us, we actually have to learn how to say no to the, the wrong. So, but we have to do it by knowing what we're saying yes to and loving what we're saying yes to and choosing out of a place of committed love what we're saying yes to. So I think for people who are struggling with morality, if they can just define what am I called to love? How am I saying yes to it? And am I doing a good job at that? And then that causes you to go, I don't want to go down this road that turns into yeah. debt or I don't want to go down this road that turns into a moral issue. I don't want to go down that yeah. road. Or if I'm struggling with something, my incentive to get out of it isn't just right and wrong. It's love and death. Like I'm going to yeah. kill a relationship because yeah. I'm not loving well. And it's like, do I want to do that? Do I want to put this relate? Because eventually the wages of sin is death. So eventually, like, even if I, it's a little hidden area that I'm compromised in, eventually it's going to cost someone. Like I had a really close friend who smoked and smoking, like probably a lot of people are listening to smoke. I don't want to condemn anyone who's smoking, but for this person, they smoked in a way that they needed to take every hour, a 15 minute break to go smoke. It took that long. So they realized by the time they were a parent, by the time they were connected to a bigger world where they just had more time demands that they really enjoyed that they were taking so many breaks that their smoking habit was taking them away from like all their best connections all day long and they were missing out on life. And they just weren't willing to compromise anymore. They were like, they didn't quit smoking because it was wrong. They quit smoking because it was a, it was a thief and it was stealing from their greater journey of life. And so they were able to overcome by saying, you know, I don't want this thief in my life anymore. I want to be connected. I don't want to have to leave every, every hour or 45 minutes. I don't want, I don't want to compromise. So I think, there's this principle of like, how do we stay connected? You know, how do we stay in love? How do we stay in a place of passion? How do we value what we have? So it's easy to say, that's not part of the value of what I have. So I'm going to keep it out of my life. I love that. I think the older that I get, I think that is a message I'm so passionate about is that it's not full of rights and wrongs and do's and don'ts. It truly is from a place of desire and love like the yeah. more you understand the character of Jesus and that it is inside every single person, the more you can protect. Um, Patricia King, the other day, I was talking to her and she was like, Jamie Lynn, this is a platform the Lord has given you. You protect this vision. And when she told me that, so simple, it was like, oh, so if something comes against the vision the Lord has given me, I have to say no to protect something that was a gift from God, yep. right? That's and it. it helped me steward it. And, it. and it came from a place of love, not like fear. And so that's something that, you know, I used to be like super spread thin and say yes to everything. And I realized it was hurting so many people if I was late to this or late to that. And now I'm like a woman of my word. I'm like, unless something like crazy comes up, I'm like, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I can do that because I've learned to say no more than I've said yes, <laughs> which is a yeah. total, you have to be patient with yourself. But I love the way that you communicated that. And your dad, the way that he, he, he met you in that place and the way he communicated that to you was unbelievable. <laughs> so well, when it's amazing. about protecting love, you're just like, and especially as I'm sure it's the same for women, but especially as a young man, I'm like, he like, do you want other men to think of your sisters or your mom this way? Yeah. Like in a lustful way. And he's like, do you want to protect them? Do you want to protect love at all costs? You need to protect women. You need to protect, there's someone's daughter. There's someone's sister. There's someone's, you know, mother. And he's like, do you want to protect them with me? And I'm like, yes. You know, like that inner <laughs> football player comes out. Yes, dad. You know, and so it really went in. Like, I think, like, I love what Patricia said to you and how it just went in. It's like, there's something about this generation. There's a lot of people who are becoming loose in their morals, but it's really a reflection of how little they have passion. Yeah. Wow. It's not, it is. It's like, well, you can believe that way. How's that working for you? Cause I don't see like 
I don't even see deeper accomplishments in your life that you're satisfied with. Like there's something, there's a level of living you're not doing and I'm not here judging you. I'm just saying like, I'm pointing out the obvious. And yeah. so it's just, it's really interesting when people come up with the arguments of like, I don't think it's that bad. It's like, it's not about we're being right, bad or good. It's about, is it costing you quality and, wow. and connection? You know, Dude, I love that. That's such a beautiful way to paint a picture of, and that is holiness. And I think that's where it's like, I grew up in the church of Christ, which I'm thankful for, but it was very, very much so right and wrong, check off Sunday. It was not relationally driven. And I think to valuing relationships in that place of love really does stir more passion and protection for everybody involved. Because I love what you said, in a tiny way, it'll show up later. It'll show up in some capacity later on. So um, for those of you listening, I even feel like I just want to encourage you to ask Holy Spirit, hey, is there a place where I'm not like, is there a place where you want something that I'm doing or something that I'm not doing that you want to bring light to that could bring more value to relationships around me or to the relationship I have with you? If you don't know what that is and you're wanting to like seek more understanding for yourself, I think that's a cool question to just ask the Holy Spirit for you. Mm -hmm. That helps me a yeah. lot. <laughs> That's a great question. I love that. Yeah. So what are some what are some projects that you're working on right now that you're excited that you're allowed to share? Or that something <laughs> new, something new even that you're just excited about that you want to share with this audience? Well, I think one of the fun things that we're doing is we're we're going on tours where I used to speak at a lot of conferences, but we're actually doing our own tours. So it's a night with me. Some are free, some are one night seminars, some are one day seminars. And I'm teaching people how to really feel from God. They're wiring for connection. We can all hear from God. And the, the types of people who are coming are a lot of conservative evangelicals, a lot of mainline mainstream churches, and then some of the charismatics who are hung, getting hungry for this again. And I feel like, um, you know, like there's this man who came up to me and he said, Sean, I'm not the prophetic one. My wife is. And I said, I can prove to you in like 15 minutes you are the prophetic one. Like you, you are prophetic too. And he's a businessman. And so I said, tell me the last time you did something really extravagant for one of your kids. And he says, okay, I was with my son and um, my, he was about to get married. And he was marrying a girl he had met on a mission field from the third world and she or from a developing nation. And he said, she didn't want to, she has an Ivy League degree, but she doesn't want to um, have kids. She doesn't want to, she's just kind of a gypsy. She wants to like travel around the world. And I just felt like they're supposed to have a family. So I was like, let's give them a portion of their inheritance now so they could buy their dream home, not just a home, but their dream home. And so we did, and it happened. Within a year, they, they were pregnant. Now they have three kids after five years. Wow. She's nesting. She still has a career, but it's it's from home. It's like a home-based career. And it's like, it's just changed her whole world. And I said, wow, how did you get that? He goes, I just made a decision. I said, you're a major hero. I started laughing. I was like, you're the hero of that story. I said, how did you initially think of doing that? And he goes, my wife and I have a prayer room in our house. We were praying, what should we do for them for their wedding? I'm like, so you don't hear God at all, but you're powerful enough to make decisions that cut off like generational curses. She's never had a house in her family. She doesn't want kids. It changed wow. the trajectory of her life. He goes, oh my gosh, I did hear God. So we reverse engineer a lot of the ways that he would think about God and he would make good decisions and have wins. And he ended up realizing, I hear from God really powerfully, but I'm waiting for that disruptor, you know, audible voice that says, go this way, you know, in my life. <laughs> and so I get to teach people all around the world. And we did, we did 37 tour stops last year. We're doing about 45 this year. And I get wow. to activate people, just every average person, because awesome. I'm an average person, into how to hear from God. So that's one of my favorite things I'm doing, besides the TV shows. They're really fun. 
That's awesome. And then real quick, I am doing a giveaway with your new breakthrough book. Do you want to mention nice. that real quick? Yeah, you guys are going to love it. It's This is the year of breakthrough. It's a season of breakthrough. It's not just a cliche term. Um, God, one of his natures and names is called breakthrough. And David called him breakthrough when he had his greatest victory in the Valley of Giants. And he said, my God makes your giants look small. And that's how what God wants to do again in our life. So the book has prophecies, prayers, and declarations over 10 areas of life where you can pray for relationships or finances or transition or warfare, and you'll have a prophecy, a prayer, and a declaration in each of those areas to just give you powerful language to stand in faith. That's awesome. I love that so much. And I'm going to send a copy to um, people. If you've already written a review, then it's cool. If you leave a written review and just tag me that you did that, then your name is entered to win one of these books, and I'll mail it to you. Um, one week from now, I'll announce the winner. And I just love I'm, giving gifts is my love language. So I'm excited to do that for you guys. And um, I want to thank you so much for your time. And I thank you for I, I love the depth that you carry and the history you have with God and how it's quite common for somebody to travel. And, you know, people see you as a prophet and they're like, I always use you like people do the Trump card. I'm like, Yo, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yo, I ain't on the Sean Bowles level. Or I'm like, hey, we got some Sean Bowles going up in here when people are giving words of knowledge. So I'm like, that's becoming a thing. But thank you for sharing. You have so, like I said earlier, you really do have so many facets of gifts that you're really stewarding well. And it's encouraging to me because so many of the things that you're doing, I can't wait to do myself one day in the way that I'm created to do it. And so I'm inspired by you. And um, I would love it if you would, um, if you have anything else that you want to close with, or if you want to pray, bless yeah, those. Let's pray. In, I would love to pray. They're already blessed by what you shared. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, well, for everybody who's listening, I just pray over you that God would give you what he says in the Bible through Paul, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in Ephesians 1 17. So you could really know him. So you can know him for real, for real. And that you would feel like the connection to God, not just through the Bible, which is our main source, but also through his Holy Spirit, those two together, that you would know his voice, that you would feel his nearness, that you would have an experience with the God you've been reading about. And if you've already had those experiences, that you'd be childlike and hungry for the next level of that experience. And I pray that the Bible would come alive in a living way into your spirit and your soul. And that I pray that for your creativity to increase and that those of you who are listening who got excited about some of the things we talked about today and any of the other podcasts that Jamie Lynn is doing, I pray that there would just be um, just that you would recognize that as spiritual hunger because God blesses the hungry puts in you. He, it says, bless for the hungry, they will be filled. So I pray that you would have hope and anticipation. You're about to get filled with something you're hungry for in yeah. Jesus name. I'm hungry. Me too. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I love that too. Cause people would be like, yeah, you've got everything you need, but the truth is you can always be hungry. And I love that. Thank you. So Thanks again. So people can go to bullsministries.com to check out your tour dates. Am I correct? Yep. Bullsministries.com. And you can go to Sean Bulls um, for Instagram and follow him. And I am so excited for what you're doing and for what God's doing through you and all the open doors ahead of you and surprises that God has for you. Even though you're Sean Bulls, I think the Lord is going to surprise you <laughs> in so many ah, ways. He loves to surprise me. Are you he kidding? Does. I love it. I love it too. I love it. So guys, thank you so much. Thanks again, Sean. I encourage you guys to go to bullsministries.com. Check out the tour dates. 
This is amazing. Go buy his books, go buy the resources. He has so many amazing tools to help us see and understand how we hear the Lord every day in unique ways. And if you find value in this podcast, I encourage you to go subscribe. I encourage you to share it, rate it, leave a written review. And once again, um, go check out the comments on my Instagram to see how, or the posts on my Instagram to see how you can enter your name into the giveaway for one of Sean's books. Thanks again. And Sean, have a great week. You too. Bye.